Hello everyone and welcome to the Debug Log episode 73. In today's episode, we continue our series about design patterns with one of the most polemic design patterns of all, singleton. We explain when you might want to use a singleton, we go over the definition of this design pattern, um, we talk about two very common definitions, and finally, we go over some of the reasons why people do not like to use singletons. So, if you want to know more, keep listening to the debug log episode 73. So, Alright, I'm ready. Yeah, I, haven't even looked at, I haven't looked at the whatchamacallit at all. I haven't either. I've trusted order. You need to. <laughs> <laughs> to lead us through this. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't go asking us questions every two seconds. No, don't worry. <laughs> He's like, Alvita, what do you think? I'm like, oh, Shadow didn't pay attention. Listening to the Debug Log, the podcast about game development. My name is Eduardo Castillo Fernandez. My name's Andrew Curry. And I am Obino Parra. First time I went last, actually. Yeah. Feels weird. Today, uh, we're going to talk about um, design patterns again. I guess this would be like a series. Uh, in this case, we're going to be talking about the singleton, which is a very controversial topic. And I actually didn't want to mention it, but Andrew convinced me. <laughs> You're going to blame it on me at front. It's <laughs> I mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is a very important design pattern, and uh, it's good to have an episode about it. So we, we also have uh, a post in our blog about this that I made uh, a long time ago. But I think um, this episode is going to clarify some of the question that people might have from from that post so uh, like I said we're going to uh, mention what uh, design pattern is just to recap and then we will go over the singleton what it is uh, go into some details of implementations uh, and also um, why people consider the uh, singleton uh, an anti-pattern and what they don't, why they recommend not to use it and all that. Uh, but after we go uh, and start the episode, Ovina, do you want to read some uh, uh, reviews? Oh yes, of an iTunes review. Uh, we've got a new one from Evan, Evan140, and I'm pretty sure I know who this Evan is. Probably on the lounge. If I think it's the same Evan, but I'm not going to assume. So anyway, this is from Evan140. Title is: I wish every podcast was as good as the Debug Log. The Debug Log has everything you could ask for in a podcast. For hobbyists like me, every episode is inspiring and motivational to keeping to keep learning and working on my project. I've listened to every episode, most of them several times, because of how valuable the content is and how entertaining the hosts are. The audio quality of the debug log is always perfect, and the production is the best. Please keep it up. You rock. Oh, shucks. Dude, these people rock. I love these reviews. And I I don't want to get into into shit right at the beginning, (laughs) but I want to mention something that happened with our last episode. I'm not going to shit on anybody, but we no, posted... No, later, later, later. It's, it's no, 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 I'm just going to do real quick, because Dora and I have talked about uh, doing like a little kind of premise at the beginning of the show, talking about conversations, that's what the game things are about. And usually when we talk about these topics, if you're listening to this and you really just want to get the information as fast as possible, 
stop listening to this and go read the articles we post and go through that stuff. Because this is more, and then come back to this because this is more discussion. But yeah. just we've had, I think it's more people getting in the podcast for the first time, and and that's that's what it is, and people don't know what it is, and that's probably our fault because we don't premise the show saying you know have some big introduction, but. We appreciate all the good positive reviews because those guys actually understand what this show is about. That it's just us like shooting the shit and giving our yeah. opinions. And yeah, it's really yeah, like you said, it's just a discussion about game development, not about how to do something specific in X amount or telling you how to do something specific. Yeah, in, like, or X a lecture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, a conversation. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So read the article first, then come well, back. Thanks to for that, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to. I, I just want to say because we're kind of working on that. Mr. Humdrum. We're going to work on our more our message more in the future. You know, we, yeah, never, yeah. we started this before we were ready, so we're learning. That's so. true. Yeah, we can perfect it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right, Eduardo. Cool. Okay. Let's uh, go back to the action. <laughs> so to recap in what a design pattern is, um, if I recall correctly from uh, the last episode about design patterns, is uh, a solution that is already established and a uh, popular solution. <laughs> that um, is a recognized um, solution for a problem in uh, software, in this case, in this case, uh, games. Uh, like I put some examples like singleton, state pattern, uh, factory pattern, uh, observer. So there are a bunch of them. There's actually a really good book called uh, The Gang of Four that is all about design patterns. You're going to love it. Yeah, it's um, like it's just stuff like that. Just so like, if you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time, it's like if you came to a river and go, "I guess I'll figure out a way to cross this." Like, no, there's a bridge. Make a bridge. A bridge is how you get across that river the most efficiently. You know, exactly. And this is is super useful not only for game developers, for software developers in general. I right. know that uh, a lot of our audience is uh, web developers that want to get into game or do games in their spare time. So yeah, they probably know about this. So, uh, I'll be honest, actually, I I think I came into uh, the fold or into the mold of design patterns way, way, way too late. Um, Because I think a lot of my development, this is just me ranting a little bit, just saying how I don't think a lot of people do know about design patterns or or use them as often, or maybe I'm assuming. Uh, But anyway, I just came into it late in my, I guess, uh, engineering career. So, I mean, it, and, and it, like we've, I think we're trying to stress in, in these episodes is that design patterns are really helpful and they exist for a reason. So that's how we're going to talk about them and introduce you guys the, for those who are not aware what design patterns are to each of these patterns. Well, so, now that you mentioned it, I think that's more common than uh, you might think because I hear a bunch of th- people that say, hey, uh, I should really get more into design patterns. So they know that design patterns are good and they have an idea, but they haven't actually like studied them or went into the implementation to apply them to their solutions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you, and may, you, may, you may know of them, but you don't remember or you don't know exactly how to use them or what context you, they are, make sense to use them or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if... Well, I was going to say, and it's all, they come in different flavors too, but like what's appropriate too, because it really depends on your game and what makes sense for you. Exactly. Because cause even related to the article that Eduardo mentioned that he wrote about singletons, the premise of that article he was writing was they saying, if you never heard of this before and your code's a mess and you're just putting stuff in whatever and you're sending messages all over the place, 
how about start with singletons? Maybe that'll help you to start. This is the first simple one to get started with yeah. and like organize your code. And then you have people come on there and saying, well, it's actually, you shouldn't do that if you get an advantage. Okay. That might be the case. And that we can, we'll talk about that. The different, <laughs> the different arguments for and against singletons. But if you're starting from scratch and you're just, you know, really rudimentarily scripting stuff yeah, and hard coding stuff, it's a good place to start. I you know? agree. I think like the singleton pattern is, uh, uh, uh like the baby step pattern. I think that's right. one of the things and and it's a most actually it's like a really useful pattern that that you use in like more complicated design patterns uh and I guess uh methodologies to uh software engineering. So anyway, I like like I'm just echoing what Andrew said and just saying how I guess fundamental the singleton is and how widely used it can be and how helpful it can be especially in game in game design. Yeah, later we we will go into why people totally disagree with you guys, but <laughs> that's that's fine. Other people like me uh, think that you should definitely know uh, how to implement a single pattern and when to use it. Other people think that, no, no, that's the devil, but eh, whatever. <laughs> so let's uh, put some context on, on the singleton and... Uh, in what situations you would like to uh, use something like this? Uh, oh wait, before that, the the what's the definition of a singleton? It's just a class, like any other class that you have used, but this class only has one uh, instance of it. You can just create one, uh, and. In the context would be if you need to save information of the player and have it available all the time. Uh, for example, scores, lives, uh, timer um, to recover a life. Or uh, another example is is the the class that controls the logic of a scene. Uh, so you don't you don't want to have um, more than one instance of that class because you don't want two people controlling the logic of the. Of of that scene, yeah. In so Unity, a lot of times, what yeah. I've used it for is just real quick. When we get as an example of what you're talking about is an audio manager, right? Because sometimes you don't want to have, like you said, it's a class you can only make one instance of, but you don't want to have eight audio managers. <laughs> you want to have one jukebox in that bar, right? You don't want to uh-huh. have eight of them playing. So a lot of times, I the, the biggest one I've used, I probably have singleton for every time is using it as an audio manager in my games. Exactly. Yeah, so the most, problem that- most managers in general kind of right. tend to be uh, singletons. And I, I just wanted to preface also this that in like not I wouldn't say ninety percent. I will say almost a hundred percent of the code tests that we get at Sprockets uh, engineering code tests. I think there's not one project that I've come across yet that hasn't used the singleton pattern in some way, shape, or form. If not overly used it, <laughs> Tri- triple A Sprockets. I'll mention too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So- <laughs> yeah. So the problem that uh, you're solving here with this singleton is how do you make an instance of an object globally available and guarantee that only one instance of the class is created? So that that's what you want to accomplish. And um, one thing that you could do is to have uh, static um, variables, global static variables. Yeah, that's the but, first thing they warn you against when you're making yeah, it. But you Global probably don't variables want to do that because word. you cannot inherit from there. Uh, so it's, it's different. It might be similar, but this is different. 
So, well, and also with static, with global variables, the reason they always say it, one, is just everybody always misinterprets. I was talking to Zach about this today about we we're talking about public versus private, and he was talking about, well, I don't do private stuff a lot of times. Sometimes it's not good security. I was like, well, it's not about security. It's about, you know, your program messing with variables in different situations, you know? And Wait, he's saying privates are not yeah, good security? Yeah, I don't know. Just, I don't know. Just, 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 just roll with it. Just, just keep going. <laughs> but it just mentions the fact that global variables, you hear a lot of times you're getting, when I was getting started, I kept hearing they're dangerous. Like, dangerous? What are you talking about? How can they be mm-hmm. dangerous? Yeah. And really it's dangerous just because they're accessible. Yeah, and exactly. anything can open them, and without any kind of audit on that, you know, changing of the, on that transaction. Yep. And the reason why the the global var- like the the singletons, better than just having static global variables or whatever, not static, but even just normal global variables, is that um, you can protect them with getters and setters and stuff, and protect them with different types of things. Oh. Yes, and just do private sets. Well, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Whew. That's there's. I think that's a whole conversation we could have about just yeah. accessor properties and. And, and protection and rights and stuff like that. But that's so. a better way. I was saying that right now because that's a good juxtaposition to saying, let me have a global class and just have stuff, anything you can access, you know. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And, well, warning. You can you could use, <laughs> you could use yeah, the singleton like that too. <laughs> so, because. Well, yeah, you can't just, you can make a singleton just and put open. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, well, that's that's but also as like well. like anything, everything like any tool that you have is how you use it. If like you could ho- you could have the best tool in the world, and if you use it wrong, of of course, I mean, bad things are going to happen. Right, exactly. And I think that's why I don't quite get uh, fully understand the whole argument against. Hey, I don't like this design pattern or this you know singleton pattern versus you know any other pattern. Because it's it literally just comes down to the context and what and how you're using or where you're using the singleton and how you're using it and if you're using it properly. And I think that's to me that's like the end of the road. It's like if you're using it properly, I don't think there's anything wrong with a single using a singleton. That's my and point too. So so anyway, I, I didn't mean to jump to the end of the story. No, yeah, keep sure. jumping into the negative side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a temptation. I mean, when you mention singleton, like everybody. Is so opinionated. Ah, you shouldn't use it. You should use it. Use it. Yeah. yeah. Just let me finish. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, some of the implementations that uh, you will hear is uh, you create um, only one game object that has uh, that component. This is in Unity specifically because we're mentioning game object. So, but in this case, uh, is well, this is not implementation of the single. This is an option that you could do. Create a one game object that has that component. But that, I, I did that before. Uh, I, I knew about the singleton, and being organized is not enough because you can make the mistake of having, uh, like going back to that same scene. And the scene is going to have uh, the game object, and then you will have two instances of the same thing. So, so you're saying put do not destroy on an object and just attach a normal class to it. Yeah, yeah okay, that yeah. that doesn't work. Yeah. So these are some options that you might think. Well, I just need an object that is globally available and only one instance. 
if I if I'm organized enough and I just create one one game object of that thing, I'm gonna be fine. Well, you're not only sometimes you're not the only person that works in a project, and even if you're the only one, after a month or three months or maybe only two weeks, you forgot about that, and you can uh, cost like bring a bug to to your code without realizing it. And that's the kind of that's the one of the perks, the features, right, of a singleton too, is that you actually have the protection against multiple instances because it's built in to the constructor. If like you try to instantiate a new one, it'll check to see if that exists already. And if it doesn't, if it does, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, one one real implementation is to you create a class and it has a private constructor, um, and then you have a static property of that returns a type of the same uh of the same type of the of the class and you can call it instance that's what i use by default it's very intuitive so i can say name of the class dot instance and i will get right. the only instance of that um class right so that allows you to use the singleton instance whatever you want in your code because it's a static um property and you ensure that you have only one uh instance of of the class because the constructor is uh private so when you request the you want to get the instance the property is going to say hey um my my instance variable is null <coughs> yes well i'm going to return i'm going to create a new a new um uh, let's call it class animal for say i'm going to create the only instance of the class that is going to be available and i'm going to return it to you the next time that you ask for it it is going to say hey am i new no i created one already okay i'm going to return you that one so that's how you do it but that's one implementation uh that's that works in software development in general that's the the one that i've seen um But in, in Unity, things don't work that way. So if you're a Unity developer, you will see a different implementation, which uh, at least the one that I've seen and like everywhere is in your awake method. Again, you will have uh, a game object that inherits from mono behavior and you have um, a static property that returns the same type of the class called instance and uh, it has uh, public get and private set and in your awake you say um, hey instance my property instant is it null yes okay uh, my property instance is gonna be equal to this because mono behavior instantiates your uh, components and all that behind scenes, it doesn't allow you to do new name of the class. It's going to right. cause a conflict. Uh, and you could say, uh, don't destroy and load um, if you want to, to your game object to be persistent, or you can just leave it like that. But you should also check um, if my instance is not new, uh, destroy the game object, because you probably created a... Uh, you went back to that scene and you you might want you might be trying to create a duplicate 
So you're just going to destroy the game object because you already have one like that. So that puts an extra protection on the actual object that's attached to too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I like I like those <coughs> implementations. So in Unity, is it only possible to create a singleton, uh, I guess single singleton object by using a game object in the scene? Well, if it inherits from model behavior, right? I guess yeah. you could do it by itself, it, right? Okay. Yeah, if if you're not going to inherit from model behavior, you can use the other implementation. Right. Gotcha. But if you're going to like say that's attached to some kind of controller on a player or something, you know, whatever it is. Uh huh. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you you want to uh, your controller to have or manager, whatever you call it, to um, have access to different uh, game objects in the scene, so you can uh, quickly set up your scene and add references and all that. You want to have a game object for for that type of situations. That's a good point yeah, yeah. too. The wanna... that just because some people come into it, and I know we talked to people exactly. that like where if you come in just from that you know component and object scripting model, yeah, you're yeah. all you do is thinking game objects, but you don't realize you can actually do real programming exactly. <laughs> that's not attached to in Unity. That's kind of that's really just what I wanted to get across because I feel like a lot of people, especially Unity developers and people who are just starting out in Unity development, or even coming from. Um, Unreal, just the component model and, and attaching things to games objects in the scene. You just get in the habit of just using the scene because it, it's right there and it's really easy to just, you know, add component, add component, add component. And you just start to lose the fact that, hey, I can create a singleton. I can create any design pattern outside of using game objects and model behavior. So just make sure you keep that in mind. And that's why, you know, like we were talking about the, at the onset of the episode, just how it's it's all about knowing the context and and the situations where these patterns make sense and the patterns can make sense outside of mono behaviors is what i'm just trying to say too so yeah yeah that actually takes uh discipline i remember when uh i had that problem before because it's so tempting to put everything in the scene even if you don't need to or make uh everything public just to add the references really quick but you actually don't have to do that. You have the option of um, serialized field and you put your variables private. You just can't see them in the editor, but nobody else can mess with them. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky when, when you don't actually define what you want in code and what you actually need in, in the Unity scene to fall into that, to have just a mess, some things here, right. some things there. So well, we talked about the implementation of the singleton and when do you want to use it. Uh, I believe that you need to know uh, about the singleton because it's really useful. And um, it's always good to have another tool in your, in your uh, toolkit. Um, people say it's bad for the following reasons, but you need to know why it's also good. So people say that the singleton pattern is uh, even an anti-pattern because it breaks the single responsibility principle uh, because it creates itself. So the, respons- the principle, responsibility principle, single responsibility principle is that one class should have only one responsibility. In the singleton, with the implementations that we said, it has two responsibilities. It has to create itself and it has to implement whatever functionality you want it to do. The logic of your application or if you want just a logger, 
to print things to to your console, that will be the other responsibility. So yeah, because they're for, saying for that me, you could like spin off eight of these things and not understand where they are. That's kind yeah. of the argument, right? But for me, th- that's just a dumb rule. Everything has to be <laughs> just one responsibility. Yeah, but this is an exception. All right, I need <laughs> this, this to happen. Well, and this also gets to the point too, where we talked about like that. Singleton's like another one, like cause some of the other design patterns handle more huge, bigger systems. But like I mean, I said, there's singletons and all types of code from little simple things to real complex. Of course, you're not going to have a hundred singletons and something. You know what I mean? It's so the moderation part of uh-huh. this is that you have to. If it gets more complex, of course, you're going to probably want some kind of manager on top of that and maybe different design patterns spitting stuff off and you know really keeping track of stuff but if you have a little game and you want a little game manager and you want an audio manager and you're not doing this yet this is a good thing to do yeah so when you mentioned like people not having a hundred different singletons it's kind of funny because i feel like in our game we have a hundred different singletons okay well maybe and like you and like you said, though, it does when you do have when when your project does get complex and you but you do have in a sense well singletons in the sense that because uh, we're using like IOC containers, which we should talk about in another future episode. And, yeah, that'd be uh, good one. Uh, but just like how it manages uh, a whole bunch of different objects, uh, different managers that are all in singleton scope, so they're all they operate and work just like a sing. They are, I mean they are singletons, so it's and they're all just and like I said, there's hundreds of these singletons being managed by a kernel by you know this IOC container. So anyway, well that's what I'm it, saying. So you start work, as you get more, you start working in something that can take it that can handle that. Yeah, take, take an eye, keep an eye on them basically. Exactly, right? exactly, yeah. and, that, and that's the real problem. I think Eduardo mentioned it earlier. Is just or you know being organized. You it's kind of hard to be. Or like completely organized when you yeah. co- well, actually when you come to code in general, hell, you can get unorganized in a single class. So, yeah, <laughs> and I think that's what they're saying. They're saying it's like when the people yeah. say it's like an anti-pattern. It's like yeah, because it's kind of an entity. It can be a pattern just if you know it exists and you have one or two of them. But mm-hmm. if it gets complex, yeah, there are entities that could be a part of a bigger pattern. So, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I get that argument. It's just there's different crowds of people making different types of games. You know, Ex- exactly, yeah. exactly. No, and and uh, like. Just uh, something that I noticed in the people that were arguing against the singleton is that they, most of them, were uh, web developers or software developers in general. Not too many game developers, at least in the sites where I visited. Um, so you, and I can saying- understand. I can understand that in a uh, for a web developer or for any other software developer. But in game development, it's different. Like you have a different setup, uh, different needs. And in game development, I think singleton is super useful. Um, I don't know. What I don't know if I can argue seven? with that. Oh, no, I'm just saying, I don't know if I can argue that with you or, you know, I have strong opinions for that one. Uh, only that because I feel like in. I don't know. Well, I can't really. Maybe. maybe well, web, I mean, the web. Second point. Web is only the, different just because it, like, I mean, you do have persistent objects sometimes and memory and cache and stuff, but the web is a little bit different just because it's all based on a request cycle. It's not based on this running loop. 
You know what I mean? Like if you have JavaScript on a page, yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about from a server side. Mm-hmm. It's all based on I requested this. It gets punched yeah, yeah. to a dispatcher. It gets punched through my methods, through my models, through my views, and all that stuff. So it's a little, it's a little different. It's opposed to something that's literally looping 60 frames a second, having a bunch of different inputs and outputs. You know. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, another of the uh, points cons- is that. Uh, Sorry, one more one more thing. I want I want to talk okay, to okay, go ahead, ask go a ahead. question about uh, to Andrew about because he's the web guy guru here. So when you you talk <laughs> about like MVC pattern in web development, are your controllers or can your controllers not operate as singletons? For I don't say. Uh, <laughs> now you're gonna stump me because I don't like I I, I mean. I get. I mean, in a pure MVC, I don't know because it's literally coming from a request down through. Because the it's really weird because the URL determines what method you're calling, and the method goes to that. You can have the thing that kind of act like singletons are like because I use Ruby on Rails a lot, and like you can end up your model kind of acts like a singleton, but it also really just kind of acts like a class, really yeah, like yeah. a static class. So I don't know. I mean, I haven't. I mean, there's that you have like in Rails, you have variables that are persistent. Like your, you have a session um, variable. You have your uh, mm-hmm. a, a ca- uh, flash, which is basically like a message. Like you say, you know, you saved your animal successfully. You know, so those kind of operate behind the scenes in that sort of way, really, because they are persistent and they are not necessarily static class variables. They are instances so maybe if you dug into the internals of, of some frameworks that that's they probably session. exist like that not that's in the way true. you'd handle it because it's that's literally true. not as your development yeah. that's true yeah. i agree so all right i'm yeah, not yeah. smart enough to answer that question that's what no, i'm but saying yeah, i think you, you you answered it well enough for i agree with you guys completely yeah like i was saying another of the points made is that what no, you're just like, okay, as I was saying, whatever. <laughs> but I, I thought you discussed that. Yeah, we did. I'm just we did. Do you want to say something else? <laughs> no, no, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Okay. Uh, so the, the other thing is they say it increases code coupling. And um, let me explain this one. So when you are uh, developing software um Forget about Unity. Uh, you define your dependencies uh, looking at uh, what classes you inherit from uh, and what classes are in the signature of your methods in uh, the parameters. So that's how you see, okay, this class depends, uh, has a dependency to these three classes. But when you have a singleton and you call it from uh, the center of your, in the body of the method, you don't, you have to go through the code to see that you have another dependency there. So that's why they say you increase your uh, code coupling. And that's true, but if you use it like you're supposed to and you're organized and you have layers of responsibilities and you use it, for example, as a scene controller, you know that only the objects of your scene are going to talk to that class, not everybody in your game. So in that in, in that case, it doesn't hurt you if your scene controller is a is a singleton. So I thought you were about to you, say when two classes love each other very much. They <laughs> that's just, a called a couple. <laughs> they decide they decide to come together, <laughs> make a commitment to each other. <laughs> that is 
too funny. Yeah, I can't really argue against this. This one's this yeah. one's so true. Yeah, singletons do increase cold coupling or cold coupling coupling uh, for sure. But um, I, actually, I don't want to argue against these things. I think we should just lay them. These out. are good points. That's the thing about the singleton yeah, yeah. arguments. They are good points, and it's like, and I don't think it's. I really think the argument lays on. What are you making? Yeah, and what when, is why, and how, or whatever. Yeah, the context of your actual game. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, it's good to go over these. It's good to go over the... Because this shows how you need to be careful. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the in the post that I made in our blog, I just went through the benefits of it and uh, what in what cases you, you might want to use it uh, based on my experience. But in this case, uh, I wanted to go through what people... Uh, are saying why singleton is bad, and I get their points. I mean, in a if I were making uh, a web application or something like that, I I would probably don't use the singleton. But for a game, dude, I'm definitely going to use it. So um, moving on to the next point, they say uh, the singleton keep um, state throughout the life of the application is difficult for testing. Well, that's the point of creating a singleton that is going to be accessible throughout your application. But like you were saying, Andrew, in in a MVC model, um, I mean, design pattern where you have in your web application and you request things and it's a, a stateless... Right. Uh, it's a stateless programming, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You don't need something that keeps a state because when you're going to test the application and you create, are you using what, an unit or whatever you use, and you have something that is keeping the state, it's going to affect the result of uh, the second test and all of them after the first one. That's actually a good point because in Unity that comes up a lot when we have like... If we're working on a, a program or a game or something where you have some initialized screen or splash screen and you you're that's where you're spinning up these singletons and these objects and audio managers and whatever. Mm-hmm. When you're developing the game and you're like eight scenes deep and you're on like the inventory screen, I'll say again, you can't just hit play on that screen and have that stuff work sometimes. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, because it's not, I mean, I guess you could be smart about it and initialize them from there, but that feels like you're repeating code across all your scenes if you're trying to in case I'm testing it and initialize from here, you know. Yeah. yeah, I guess you could create a prefab and yeah. put it there for testing temporarily. But it beca- it can be a gotcha because you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I and this is music. why it's saying it's difficult for testing because then you have right. to go through those workarounds and create some kind of manager that manages your state and handles all these creations of singletons. Right, and you can't just pop in like people are used to probably in Unity, mm-hmm. just running a scene wherever it is. So, yeah. Uh, so the next one is that some people might say that Singleton is not thread safe, uh, but that is fixable in the implementation. Because uh, in the, the implementation that uh, we mentioned before, we don't say anything about threads, but you could actually, uh, when you're creating the, the class, just in case you have two threads going to that point at the same time, uh, you can have uh, a lock, so you avoid having creating two instances of the of the class that you want to be a singleton. So 
That's just implementation. That that's not a problem. Um, another thing that it uh, they argue is that it hides dependencies. Well, we mentioned this before. Uh, so the conclusion is that singleton is super useful, but you have to be careful. Moderation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> know when to use it, where to use it, uh, and don't abuse it. Don't try to call it everywhere. And Brian. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> You're rapping here. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, don't use it, don't abuse it. Spin some verses. Like, <laughs> like I, yeah, I like, yeah. It's, I, I kind of think, though, I mean, when the people that are really experienced, and we'll get to this in a second, kind of criticize people that aren't as experienced sometimes. I think if you just go on a natural path of this, like you've never heard of this before, you don't use it, and you kind of learn what it is and start experimenting with it, and then if you start using it more and more and your game gets more complex, then you have to, I think you're going to know when you're going to need to manage them, and then you're going to know when maybe you grow up beyond it to a certain point and maybe use them for certain things. So it's like, I don't think it's really a problem. I think people understand as they learn this, you know, pattern, quote unquote, anti or whatever it is, that you you know when it's appropriate. You know, if you keep track of it, and you, you'll know when you, you stop, keep, you know, when it becomes a problem keeping track of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. The more you learn about these, that's I think we're, as we start to introduce them, the more you learn about these design patterns, the more you're like well aware of how and when to use them. And I think that's, that's really just how design patterns are. It's just learning when to use this reusable piece of code to do uh, a particular function that you need to get done in your actual game or in whatever software you're creating. And so, I also, yeah. And I also preface this because as I talk, when we, Zach and I have these discussions about like, you know, best practices and stuff. And we'll say this for anything. It's like there are, we, what we try to talk about is these best practices and code and like the gang of four is the classic example of all these things. And, but in games, like, it's different because really it matters on two things. It matters on your, you know, your program's efficiency, if optimization is a problem, right, performance. And it matters on your team's efficiency, whether it's just you or a bunch of people. So a lot of times things can be a little weird, but it works for your team and you're working at it and it works in it. Because a lot of times, because really the argument is, is that you want to make the code that can be the most flexible because you want to be able to change it because game development changes all the time. So, like... I don't know, I'm going to say totally whatever works and do crap, but sometimes the reason the best practices exist is because they allow you to be flexible and agile and change it and really turn on a dime. And that's why, and you kind of discover that, you know, as you yeah, go yeah. through it. And, and the more, and the more you like resist it or the more that you like, oh, it doesn't apply to me, the more you'll like really feel it in when you, when it does right. start to apply because it, it eventually will apply. And you're like, oh yeah, I see why they said this. Yeah. If you yeah, if you're if you're saying you can't do something too many times, you're like, oh, I got to go back and change all of that. That starts to become a problem that you want to exactly. change. You know. Well, and I think that uh, like too many people are afraid to use it because a bunch of authors are saying, oh, it's bad and all that. Dude, just just make mistakes. That's how you learn. And once you make a bunch of mistakes using the singleton, you will learn how to use it and when not to use it. Right. So, uh, anything else, thing? Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Do we go, do we go to, uh, to the break? <laughs> you always ask the question. Can okay. we go to the break? Let's go to the break. <laughs> Okay, we're back, and now it's time for a quick little rapid-fire roundup. 
We don't we don't have a theme song for rapper. Yeah, pew pew pew. Right. Yeah, we That's yeah, a pew pew pew. Tonight we just have one story, and I actually realized that it actually ties in perfectly to what we talked about tonight. Controversy between different experience levels of programmers and developers and stuff. Um uh, last week, we're in April 2017, so I don't know why I feel like dating it. There, there's a story anyways on Kotaku, and there's a game that came out this year called Horizon Zero Dawn, which is great. I played a little, the beginning of it, um, and I love it. And, of course, Ryan played it, and it's, it's a great game. A lot of people say it's their game of the year. It's just it's a really beautiful game, and it's, it's an open-world kind of futuristic kind of setting, but it's beautiful. Um, so Kotaku posted this article... I feel like they posted this article very um, <laughs> innocently enough, and it's like they, basically they said they they go over some of the, the what they said is like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn uses some very clever tricks to make it look so beautiful, right? And they're and basically in the article they're explaining the big one that everybody's yelling about is they showed a little GIF. There's an animated GIF. Uh, yes, I say GIF, not GIF. <laughs> a GIF of. What's well, basically frustum culling. We'll just say what it is. We can't show you on this thing. It's a gif of like the frustum kind of panning across the landscape and all the object kind of instantiating and falling out as it does. And it's a cool looking thing, right? I think it looks cool. And it's always neat to visualize those types of uh, programming things. And for people that don't, I mean, I don't think the average gamer knows about these things. I didn't know about it when I started getting into programming games. Um, I don't know about you guys, but maybe I, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, it's, so it's like, you know, just rendering only what it needs to. And it's just, it's just a basic tenet of 3D gaming now and stuff like that. It happens in Unity. It's a, it's very, it's basic, but if you don't develop games, you don't know what it is. So they just did this. And I think for a lot of Katakus, this isn't Gama Sutra. This is Kotaku. So people are gamers le- reading this. But they got this big backlash on Twitter. I mean, I don't know how big, but it's just big backlash on Twitter of all these developers like um, <laughs> posting and like, uh, I'm not sure Kotaku understands how games are made. It's like, <laughs> it's like, and then it's like, haha, yes, I saw that gif and went, yeah, okay, welcome to Frustum Culling. And they just started giving them so much shit about this thing about how this is so basic. And it's like, maybe you should like get in line with all the 3D games that have been made since 1980s or whatever. I was like, guys, come on. And and I, uh, I, I, what do you think about this, guys? Because I think this is kind of the problem. This is why I like a lot of people like Double Fine and other people that are getting opening up game development. Because the people in this article, there's the article that I, this part of this rapid fire is a Polygon article that says, that's basically calling them out saying, developers don't mock people for being amazed by game de- techniques. Because they make the argument that's a double-edged sword because there's a lot of developers, and I'm not saying, you know, they're just the initial reaction, I think it just might be an internet thing, people get snarky. They talk about, like, how do you not know this? Whatever. But then, <laughs> like, they expect them to know certain things, but then when a game can't come out or can't be updated, they get frustrated by that not that same knowledge, you know what I mean? Like, like you, you can't have both sides of this thing. Like people don't know this stuff and you can't expect them to unless you educate them on those things. And I don't think it actually works to crap on game developers. I mean, I don't know if this is a huge deal. This might just be in snarky stuff. But what do you guys think of developers' attitude towards gamers' knowledge of game dev stuff? Um, you I think, think they should do a better job of illustrating it or like. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think they should. I, I think. I think they're just two separate parties. Actually, I think the uh-huh. developer kind of should just. I don't know. Actually, do I agree with that? Like, stay the developer. I feel like what they did with the GIF that they that showed this frustum culling was just to display frustum culling. I mean, it wasn't. 
meant to inspire you to say, hey, this is a really cool tech, like, you know, Far, was it, not Far Cry, or Fallout? What was that game that came out recently? Not Fallout. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> they, they just like, they do a lot of their tech uh, demos, whatever. But so I think, I think it's, um, I don't think it should be that. And maybe there's a lot going on in this particular gift that we're not. It's not so much. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not. But I don't think I would. I mean, five years ago, I wouldn't know what this is, though. I mean, I I think it looks cool now. It's just. I I just think that people uh, give a lot of shit to others just because they don't know something. You don't need to know everything. It's okay if if, if, uh, you don't know something because, like, if you're not working in that field, or you actually haven't touched that part, you don't need to know. And that, and that well, article, that Polygon article, and I think this is just a general advice because I'm Mr. Positivity. I'm all for being positive and not, you know, snapping back at people. Like, I think that what they're saying is that, guys, don't be an ass when you also, when you release your game and you expect them to forgive mistakes you've made. Like, this is hard. It's like, well, they don't know that. So don't make fun of them for not knowing that. Like, if you want them to be a part of that, then educate them you know and a lot of times people do that when games come out and there's a big technical problem they have to do this big blog post breaking it down you know and they don't say you idiots listen up they they're very nice then because they're trying to you know not get people to give them bad reviews so it's just a general i don't think it's a huge deal i'm kind of i'm kind of curious did they share do you know if like they shared this particular gif as a hey look at this awesome tech or was it this is just a piece of development like, you know, just like any indie game de- developer knows, like Eduardo, he shared multiple times pieces of Hangman, like, in action. And that's all it was. It wasn't like, hey, this is super, you know, incredibly hard tech to do, but I'm just sharing no, a piece I mean, of the, the most No, I mean, the most hyperbole they use, and even in the Kotaku article, because that's mm-hmm. who they're kind of crapping on, it came from a Dutch, like, 45-minute documentary about it. But they say, like, I'm trying to look for that. They say, fascinating. Mm-hmm. And they say clever. Like, they say clever, and they just say it's kind of interesting that the general impression you get from that. And they show LOD stuff, like mm-hmm. stuff that's a basic part of every engine, you know. But it's yeah, like yeah. they're they're just saying that's pretty cool. Yeah, like that's what it's like. Any developer just starting, they're like, oh, that's really neat. I didn't know about that. That's kind of cool. <clears throat> it's kind of displaying. Uh, yeah, it's simple magic because it does it automatically in a lot of these engines, and it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's just. I don't know. I mean, I, this is a bigger problem of the internet now, just jumping. Yeah, I think it's so really snarky. just junk. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even agree with this. I think it's just junk. Like, even as a developer, like, I think all of us looked at it and it's like, oh, that's neat. It's just yeah. a GIF, you know? It's a GIF of anything. Any cool GIF that shows yeah. tick tech or, like, we see Unity Engine GIFs all the time, like the tips and tricks. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Oh. That's neat, yeah. you know? And we might have a different perspective because we're always trying to bring people in, even people that have never tried game development. Like, yeah, try it. It's fun. This is really cool. That's true. You know? So maybe we have... I mean, I don't understand how you could be a game developer and not want other people to get into it and try it because it's fun. So Exactly. They just want to be the only highlighter. Yeah. I mean, this this, is just... Yeah. There can be only one. This could just be a thing of the internet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Star Wars trailer comes out, half people hate it just because other people love it. And they love it because people hate it. So you don't (laughs) know what it... Everything's a five star or one star nowadays, so I don't know. What, you know, so I'm interested to hear like what some of our listeners think. I think we should start yeah, that'd be cool. more times. Like, what what do you think about like developers sharing that kind of stuff and, and reactions to it? And yeah, tech blogs, dev blogs. A lot of ones don't do that. I mean, some yeah. indie ones do that, but bigger ones don't actually do that. So it'd be cool. All right, yeah. Dorado, that's, that's like, it. It's actually funny how how that you mentioned the five star one star thing. 
because that uh, that has happened to me in the hangman. Yeah, like, I have a bunch of five stars, and then uh, I have more one star than four, three, or two. Yeah, they like, love it or they hate no, it. They love it or they hate <laughs> it. Well, that's like, what, oh like, and that's what's so weird about just culture, the internet culture in general, because you don't want to have to reduce people to numbers. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, I think in aggregate, people are actually accurate. Like, if you go to Amazon and there's 5,000 views and it's four, four and a half stars, like, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, if it gets down to three or two, you're like, eh, it's a little bad. But you can't go read individual reviews because they either are five stars or one stars, mm-hmm. and they don't tell you anything. And so you have to just look at this number that's like the stat of, most people liked it, so it should be pretty good. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, that's just the way it is down there. It's people, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, just, <laughs> that's a good one. All right. That being said, in the meantime, you can check out our Facebook group, the Debug Lounge. That's where we talk about this stuff every day. You know, we talk, we'll put this on there, maybe, you know, discuss it. Um, it's a great group of people on there. Everybody's, we have people join every day and everybody's pitching in and like talk, you know, I love everybody keeps introducing themselves and really like, I'm getting, just getting started. You know, I, I've been doing this for a while. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love that group. It's, it's a really nice community and everybody's just trying to help each other. Yeah, it's, it's all really positive. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really inspiring. Yeah, so check that out. Just go on the Facebook and just search for it's not the Facebook. It's go on Facebook. I'm an old person. Go on yeah, Facebook no, right? and search. search. <laughs> In 2003, it was the Facebook. Exactly. And only just college go. students. Yeah. And search for the the Debug Lounge. That is the Debug Lounge, and you will uh, will let you join in there and have fun. Word. Outside of that, if you like what we're doing here, if you enjoy the show, uh, and want to contribute monetarily. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash the debug log. We've just gotten some uh, new patrons that have contributed. Uh, so shout out to, was it Walter? Walter Draffin, yeah. Yeah, Walter Draffin, Draffin. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Also for the email that he sent. So cheers. We did read it. I, I, don't, I don't know if anybody else has responded to I read, it. but yeah. Hey, I read it, but I need to respond. So Walter, we've read it. Thank you for sending emails. Guys, please send us emails with questions, comments critiques anything is helpful and again if you want to contribute and help us out support the show go to patreon and all right eduardo. Eduardo. take us home eduardo. <laughs> take us home eduardo okay okay uh so that was it for today um you can follow us on twitter i'm at eduardo cf1989 i'm at andrew underscore curry that's c-u-r-r-i-e and last but certainly not least, I am at O'Beans. <laughs> that's O with an H, Beans with a Z. Okay, that's it. See you guys. Bye. Say hello to your mother. Bye. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>